0: Love Talk Radio.
1: And welcome to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. I am your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation, promoting knowledge that is engaging and transforming, empowering listenings to being, doing, knowing, and impacting the world around them. You're welcome to join us in this illuminating journey by calling in at 917-388-4293. You can join us. We are live on Blog Talk Radio, and we are in the chat room. The chat is available, so you can come in and chat with us. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter. We are streaming on Blog Talk Radio. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Facebook. Send us an email, ltneal at cox.net. Visit our website, ltnealministries, all that other stuff, that technical stuff and web stuff that uh, I try to get across. Listen, we're glad to be here another day. This is another day that God has made and I'm excited about it. It's August already and I'm telling you, I don't know where the summer is gone, but uh, it's been going by, this year has been going by pretty fast. It's August the 2nd already. Uh, I want to send a quick shout out to my friend D'Keisha. It's her birthday today. Happy birthday to you. I know you're listening and I want to say happy birthday to you while I am on air. Now, I got that out the way. But uh, like I said, it, it's Summer is going by fast. Uh, kids are getting ready to go back to school. I'm getting ready to go back to school and back to work, and i tell you, it's something. You wonder why time has to fly by when you're having so much fun. And when you're not having fun, it seems like it drags on and on and on. But nonetheless, I am excited about today. I'm excited about this week, this month, all this year. And I can't complain. Let's get some news in. Uh, of course, I always have to leave it off. With the story about the oil in the Gulf, now we've had a mixed, a mixed week of news. We've got last week we got the news that they've got the cap on and the seal and the pressurized, and the storm passed is over and everything is holding up. And then we also heard that now everybody's trying to figure out where the all the oil is. <laughs> uh, they've got hundreds of skimmers out there and hundreds uh, boats out there to pick up the ships out there to pick up the oil and. You know, they're like, okay, where is the oil? And then they're realizing, oh, Mother Nature is doing her job. A lot of the oil is basically gas or uh, light oil that can can be evaporated and all of that stuff. Basically, you know, she's doing what she's doing. Mother Nature is taking care of herself and the oil crisis isn't so much as an oil crisis anymore. Of course, last week we also discovered there was another minor leak at another well, um, and uh, it was coming out, but uh, they've gotten that taken care of. So, you know, they were trying to make another crisis, and, but it didn't work. So we're just here on the, on the Gulf Coast. We're really glad that things are, you know, they said they were going to do They're doing it, and BP has taken a lot of heat for it, but here it is almost, it's August, and they are ahead of the schedule that they had planned. They said they have it capped and ready and another well up again by mid-August, and here it is. They are already far ahead of target, uh, their target date for doing that, so we're excited and I'm glad. Now, the other thing is they uh, the EPA was saying that BP used um, an excessive amount of toxicants to um, get out of the oil, releasing the oil. And uh, the CEO of BP basically said, no, we did what we were authorized to do. And as a result of that, uh, you know, he's saying he and his family are still going to be eating Louisiana and Gulf Coast seafood. Now, I'm going to tell you this. There has never been anything wrong with the seafood because I had me some shrimp etouffee the other day, and I didn't think anything was wrong with it, no, (laughs) Uh, So there's been nothing wrong with the seafood We're encouraging you know The beaches are good The beaches are fun It's hot I'm not going to lie about that It's hot Man it was 110 heat index yesterday So (laughs) you can still come to the beaches and You might get burned But you can come Um, So and I, I, I stand by what I said before I still believe the hand of God was in this situation from day one uh, while we do mourn the loss of the persons, the 11 persons from the initial, uh, explosion, we still see that God moved in a quickening way. And, you know, it's working out because now BP has an American as the as the leader, somebody who is under fight with the Gulf Coast from Mississippi, and, you know, so I, you know, I believe God moved in there. Now, this has been an interesting week in Congress because, uh, if you haven't been watching the news, if you have been watching the news, Charlie Rangel, the uh, Democrat from Harlem, New York, is facing ethics, an ethics trial, 13 counts of ethics violations. Now, this man has been in Congress in the same seat for 40 years. He took Adam Clayton Powell's seat in Harlem in the 70s, late 60s, 70s, somewhere in there. And now he's facing one of the hardest fights of his congressional career And that is ethics violations And he's about to fight it And he's speaking publicly Or twittering publicly about it rather And you know He's making the headlines but He's not the only one There's another one Congress, uh, Congresswoman Maxine Waters Out of California Is also being charged with the ethics violation And she also will be facing An ethics trial in Congress Now you got two black congresspersons facing ethics violations. And in one case you have at least 11 Democrats calling for the resignation or calling for uh, Charlie Rangel to step down. My question is where in the world is party loyalty when it comes to these guys? These guys they they fight tooth and nail for Democrat policies. Whether we know if they agree with them or not, they fight tooth and nail for them. They enjoy the life and luxury of being in Congress for you know uh, unlimited terms, what it seems like, because they keep getting reelected. And when ethics charges come against, or any charge come against them, you know now we're seeing that everybody's beginning to jump on the bandwagon of, oh my goodness, we don't need to have this. Let's let's do what's best for the party. Yeah, (laughs) and of course you know. There are those staunch people who are already crying racism. Well, this is motivated by racism because you have two blacks who are being charged with ethnic violations, and what about all the other senators and congresspersons that are not black? You know, that's going to happen. It's just, you know, I don't know what to say about it, but what I do know is that – it should be about accountability, and that's something that it is not there is no accountability going on in Congress right now, very little, and that's on both party side, the Republican and democratic side and People are getting away with liberty now I personally you know I'm beginning to uh be a proponent of term limits for Congress, <laughs> you know after about three or four terms, especially as a senator, you know a senator six years, and you know you do three terms, you know that's eighteen years. As a senator and, you know, congressperson, two terms, you know, that's four years. Maybe limit it may be, may be limited up to about six terms and, and, and give other people the opportunity. Most, more uh, states and uh, state legislatures are going to term limits, but uh, our Congress, our federal government is refusing to do so. I'm You know, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I could be wrong, but what do I know? I'm not a politician. Listen, uh. We're getting ready to take a break. I have a great show planned. We're going to be talking about coming out the closet, homosexuality and the church. And a good thing about this is I have an awesome guy on the phone, my guest, uh, Pastor D.L. Foster. He's going to be on the line with us. He's going to lead us, uh, share with us this dialogue because, uh, like I said before, the black church, we're silent on too many things, and we let so much stuff go on that people are – Afraid to come, and if they do come, they're afraid to really be active as far as proclaiming Christ has redeemed them from the curse of sin, death, and the law, and they get they get uh get into the church and they get quiet and there's some things we just we just need to address, and I think this is one of the guys who is taking the leadership role in addressing it, and as soon as we get back from this break. Uh, We'll have Pastor D.L. Foster out of Atlanta, Georgia with us, so we'll be back right after this. A Breach in the Family, a new and exciting book by Pastor Lorenzo T. Neal. Available now on Amazon, BarnesandNoble.com, Borders, and in your local bookstore. A Breach in the Family addresses issues that directly or indirectly create conflict and confusion in families that create breaches of secrecy, bitterness, anguish, and alienation. Described as a tell-all for dysfunctional families, A Breach in the Family is a must-have. So order your copy today. All right, welcome back to Zero Today. Again, I'm your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, and I am excited about the show and the discussion that we're about to launch into on this broadcast. I have on the line with me a wonderful man of God. Um, He's a pastor. He's an entrepreneur. But most of all, he's a man after God's own heart. I have on the line with me Pastor D.L. Foster Hello Pastor John.
0: Hey man, God bless you and good morning. Thank you so much for having me on your show today.
1: Man, I appreciate you for joining the show with us. <laughs> you know, it's still early in the morning and I know that you are exceptionally busy and I'm just glad to be able to have this uh have you on the show with me. You know, I haven't been doing the show long and I I've, I've been blessed to have some wonderful people who have gone come on the show so far, and I'm just excited, and I'm really excited about you.
0: Praise God! Hey, this is this is the time to get excited. You know, God is doing great things, and we are uh, blessed and privileged to be part of the kingdom and how the kingdom is expanding all across the globe in every area. We serve a great God, and we should be excited.
1: Yes, indeed, I completely agree. Now, for those of you who are listening, Pastor Foster is a he's an outstanding guy. He um, he's been on every show that you could imagine. <laughs> Am I right? Am I cool?
0: Well, I haven't made
1: the view yet. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been on Oprah. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> but uh, praise yeah. God, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that's, that 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 that'll be a high point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you've been on shows. You've been you're 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 well renowned, and you're getting called for because of one thing and one thing only. Because of what you say about homosexuality in the church. Right?
0: That's true. Yeah. Uh right.
1: now I, I want you to tell your tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, your background, your testimony, and um why yeah, you know, start with that, then we'll go into uh go into a little bit more. So I'll let you go ahead. Well
0: you know, I am a um young man from a small Texas town. And uh, I grew up in a a very strict Pentecostal family church, type church. And uh, I'm I'm part of a great family of five brothers and three sisters. My father and my grandfather were both uh, pastors and ministers in the Church of God in Christ.
1: Oh, yeah. And,
0: uh, you know, I I think I have a great uh, legacy and heritage in that respect. Uh, and I grew up in the church all my life I love the church um, and, I, and I believe that I love God uh, And uh, consequently Alongside of you know, you know Great family And those things that uh, Are given to us by birthright I also had this uh, Burgeoning struggle With my identity And my sexuality And uh, it caused me A lot of distress Uh, confusion, uh, anger, a lot of mixed emotions, and uh, I didn't know what to do about it. Uh, And so as I grew as a young man in the church with this sort of dual uh, issue going on with my love for the church and my love for God and uh, my distress at what I felt was going on in the inside of me, uh, it really... It was a a tough time uh, in my early early and formative years. Uh, And that struggle eventually gave way to what I call my full-fledged acceptance of homosexuality in my life. And uh, I fully chose to self-identify as a gay man, and I lived that way for 11 years uh, and uh, some of those times were the best times of my life, I would say. Some of those times were the worst times of my life, um, but more worse than good because sin is only for a season. The pleasure of sin is for a season. Exactly. Um, and so that that really sort of encapsulates or summarizes that period of my life, where you know, like a lot of young men and perhaps young women in the church. Uh, The struggle is within, and because of our fear of telling someone and our fear of what they may say or do, we keep it inside, which is a catch-22. The longer it is inside with no intervention, Uh, it grows stronger so that by the time you become an adult where you can make your own decisions, uh, more than likely you're going to choose to go ahead and act out that behavior because, you don't know what else to do about it, and and that's what I did.
1: Now you make a good point. You you grew up in a, a Pentecostal church, and I know the the strictness of Pentecostal. Now I, I I was never a member of the Church of God in Christ, but well, I, I I that was where I frequented most. Okay, so <laughs> well,
0: you know the deal. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, you know
1: I, I came out of a conservative Baptist church, and yes, you know. Sir. Uh, but uh, it was dull and boring, and the Church of God in Christ had always had the rocking services you know they had the the best choirs, the best music and uh yes, and you know you could always get go there and get your shout on and then go back to back to your home church and get bored <laughs>
0: yes, <sir. laughs> that's it uh,
1: that's my experience with Pentecostal and uh Church mm-hmm. of God in christ but mm-hmm. i also you made a good point there you know uh a lot of people in that in that background tradition, that uh, Christian background tradition, faith tradition, they cover up themselves a lot. Uh, and we see it a lot with uh with ministers in this case. A lot with ministers, you know, they they have alternate lifestyles, I guess. And of course, you know, being in being in the Church of God in Christ, you know from experience that there's a great deal of covered up homosexuality there. Uh and I know if you 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 went to you know you went to Memphis every year I'm quite sure right?
0: Well uh, you know I went to Memphis for the first time and uh, when I was 17 and I went uh, you know several years later on in life um, but I have not been to Memphis in a long time. As a matter of fact, everybody may know Memphis is not Memphis anymore. It's now St. Louis. But you know I wanted yeah. to to say to you because uh, you mentioned about people covering up. And, you know, I believe a lot of people are like me. You know, they didn't start out the way that we see them now. You know, I I believe they started out with an authentic struggle, a struggle to do what was right, a struggle to believe what was right, a struggle to live in accordance with what God's Word says. But, again, when uh, you are in a vulnerable state and there are factors in your life that Perhaps some some are out of your control, some are within your control. Uh, and, and being a youth and a teen is a, a time of vulnerability. It's a time of transition where you're trying to, quote, find yourself. Uh, that can be a very difficult situation to be in when that struggle is with sexuality. Some people go on and it manifests itself in detrimental ways. Uh, and some go on to... Uh, perhaps overcome it in certain in certain ways, and then again they continue in certain ways, which we kind of call that down low. Uh, but, but it never comes to any good unless Jesus Christ himself intervenes in that person's life.
1: Hold and I, I was I, no
0: different, and I, I definitely don't want to try to isolate myself and say that I was different from anybody else in that regard. I needed Jesus. Growing up, Pentecostal did not save me. Uh, just because my father and grandfather were um, pastors didn't save me, it didn't protect me, it didn't insulate me, you know, and uh, while I while I love that heritage, none of it really was any benefit to me when it came down to my struggle with sexuality.
1: Pastor Foster, hold on. Let, we have a caller waiting. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take this call. Hold on. You're on the air. Go ahead, caller. Hello? I I guess they're not saying anything but they're on the air. Anyway. Uh, you make a good point there, um, Pastor with the, with your um the fact that you said that being being in the church doesn't save you and Pentecostal and any of that doesn't save you I think a lot of people, uh not just with the homosexual lifestyle but overall they get um they get they live in fear and when when you it's easy to cover up when you you know I know from experience of the Church of God in Christ, it's a lot of based on words and outwardly appearance. You know, if you can shout right, if you can dress right, if you can look the part, then the people are going to automatically assume that you're saved, right?
0: Well, you know, I think that throughout Pentecostalism and the so-called holiness church, there is this external, uh, and it's not supposed to be that way, uh, but there is this external mindset about what holiness is all about. Uh, and holiness, as we know, biblically speaking, is, is not uh, how you look or how you act uh, apart from the change of heart and that your heart has been set aside for God's purpose and for his use. Uh, and, 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 I, and I don't want to, um, you know, uh, put Kojic on the blast because I love the Church of God in Christ, uh, and that is the church that I've always belonged to. Uh and I would say that, and I, you know, just you know, I talk to people from all denominations, and believe it or not, I've even talked to people from Jehovah's Witness faith, which is really the basic the same problem. They're in a they're in a denomination that uh, doesn't even acknowledge the fact that they're struggling with this issue. So it's across the board. Uh, it doesn't matter. I've talked to Muslims. I've talked to all different type of people who sometimes seek me out and say, I need help and my church or my denomination or my the, the faith I'm in doesn't know how to help me. And so it really is something across the board, and people are looking for answers. And, and I will say very boldly, the answer is not in church. It is in Jesus Christ.
1: All right. I completely agree. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, we're going to get a bit more into uh, your your actual ministry and what you do um and you're calling to the church and the body of Christ So we're going to come right back after this
2: I've got a song that ain't got no melody I'm going to sing it to my friends like a bird I've been I've got a story ain't got no morrow Let the bad guy win every once in a while I've got a story ain't got no morrow Let the bad guy win every once in a while when it goes
1: pastor lorenzo neal and i have with me my very special guest and friend pastor d.l foster he is the pastor of the mount zion fellowship church of atlanta georgia but he's also well renowned for uh an outreach ministry, a parachurch organization that he started witness freedom ministries and we have him on the line here pastor are you still here we think we're here with you sir uh, all right uh now I got a couple of people. We're we're live, guys, and I, I appreciate everything that you guys are doing. We are on the chat room. We're in the chat room, so you can join us on the chat room. And I had a couple of uh, people holding online. I'm gonna try again to get to them. So let's try to take this caller here. Uh, hello, caller. Okay, it is acting up again. Uh, If you can't get in If we're having problems with our phone line If you can't get in on the phone line Join us in the chat room Leave your comments in the chat room Uh, So we'll make sure to address And we'll be in the chat room Even after uh, the show ends today Uh, Now Pastor Foster You are also the founder of Witness Freedom Ministries And um, tell us a little bit about Witness uh, Ministries And the system And all of that stuff
0: Okay Um, I started Witness Ministries in February 1996. Uh, The catalyst for that was uh, what I saw with my own eyes and heard with my own ears of people uh, struggling. And I heard their cries, and my own perception was that there was no help for them. Uh, Sure enough, there were sermons uh, about Uh, Homosexuality being a sin An abomination uh, That God would send people to hell Because of it Um, And uh, those were abounding What I did not see Was someone who rolled their sleeves up And said Let me help you Walk out of this Let me disciple you Let me teach you Let me show you the way out Because God is not a God Who just condemns us to hell He provides a way and an escape from the sins, from the problems, from the situations of our lives. So Witness Ministries was started with that discipleship concept in mind to help strugglers, men, women, black, white, no matter where, rich, poor, to help them understand God's way and how to live uh, a holy life after they come out of homosexuality. And our motto has always been, it's not the goal is not heterosexuality, the goal is holiness, because God called us to be holy. As a matter of fact, in First Thessalonians 4, 7, uh, the, the apostle Paul writes, for God has not called us to uncleanness, in other words, sexual immorality. God has called us unto holiness. And that is something that um, a lot of people don't hear often from the pulpits, is that uh, homosexuality is nothing to God. It is, it is just another sin that Jesus shed his blood so that we could get freedom from, and we certainly need to highlight that message, and that is one of the core missions of witness uh, ministries is to highlight the message of freedom, redemption, of holiness, discipleships, personal discipline so that we are fully representative of the power of God working in the believer's life in this present time. Uh, the ministry has certainly grown since that time, and my responsibilities and how God has taken it has certainly been organic, uh, and I'm very proud of God for what he has done. It has not been an easy road to uh, birth and sustain this ministry, but God has certainly given us strength and the uh, abundant encouragement of people along the way to say, don't stop, continue. And the people's lives that I have seen not only change for the moment but change for eternity uh, and it is a ministry that I believe should be as um, well known or as frequent or as uh, as consistent as we do have as we have usher boards and choirs in the church. I mean every church has got a choir, every church has got an usher board. I believe every church ought to have a ministry to people who struggle with same sex attraction. Because I believe it is just that widespread. And just mm-hmm. because people don't say anything about it doesn't mean that they don't exist. Well, and Pastor, it
1: takes, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, oh Pastor, if, if, if the church has that kind of ministry, would that be seeming as if they are pro homosexuality, pro homosexual? Uh, I understand the context of what you're saying. I mean, mm-hmm. because it's biblically sound that we should minister to the whole person. And address the lust of the flesh the works of the flesh that Paul writes about in Galatians and, and uh Colossians and all those other places but uh, if a church has that type of ministry would it not appear as if it is pro-homosexual
0: oh absolutely not uh, you know the church has been given the ministry of reconciliation in second Corinthians Paul writes about how we are ministers of reconciliation The reconciliation is not so much of me to you as it is primarily man to God. Homosexuality breaks the relational connection we have with God because it is sin. And the church's perspective and the way that we address it uh, has not been from that reconciliational point of view. Uh, And so when a person has a ministry that is in what I call an overcoming ministry, it is not pro-homosexual in any sense of the word. It is pro-Jesus because that is the ministry of Jesus, and it should be the mission of of every church is to take up the cause of Christ and to bring broken men, broken women, to a Savior who can heal them and deliver them.
1: Exactly. I I completely agree. Uh, When we start to do that, I believe – Uh, That we will see uh, the church, as the old folk used to say, a hospital room, a healing room, a church where everybody is some like Jesse said, everybody is somebody. Uh, Mm -hmm. Now, you have this system that uh, that you uh, address with witness ministries. Tell us a little bit about the system. What is it? Well, you
0: know, yeah. Go ahead. The the system is um, a discipleship program. You know, uh, it's interesting, Pastor Neal, that the very core of the Great Commission was to make disciples of men, okay? Uh, and and uh, we have not, as a church, really and truly pursued and embraced discipleship in the context of what Jesus said. Discipleship is, in its essence, followship. Follow me as I follow Christ. The problem we have with homosexuality and the church, um, from my point of view, is that we have talked and majored in deliverance, but we have not connected deliverance to discipleship, which is the next phase, the next level. Uh, Deliverance is but a door of entry. It is the beginning. It is not the end. It is not the middle. Discipleship is what picks up after a person is delivered. But the problem is discipleship is with discipleship and homosexuality is that you need someone who's been where you've been and has followed the road out to enable you or to enable them with an amount of, with a certain level of uh, authenticity, with a certain level of mature, spiritual maturity to say to the person who is at that beginning stage, follow me out, follow me along this path. And discipleship um, has an element of uh, intimate fellowship. In other words, you must know me, you must trust me in order to follow me. And so we've incorporated all of that into our discipleship program called The System. Uh, And uh, I gather together uh, each year a group of men and women, and they make a six-month commitment to follow me. Uh, to maturity, to follow me in teaching to follow me in practice and in discipline of themselves, so they they can become strong, and then they themselves take on uh, a responsibility to help someone else recover and stand strong and so that in essence is what the system is about and we run it every year um, um, for these uh, for a period of six months and and of course we're probably in our second um, uh, part of this year, and so we won't start again until February two thousand. I'm sorry, February two thousand. Uh, Lord have mercy. The future is upon us. Uh,
1: Twenty eleven.
0: That <laughs> yes. sounds so Star Trek ish. <laughs> I, I told you.
1: I, I told you the year is moving by fast time. Is moving yes, it by is. Fast.
0: Yes, absolutely. You,
1: you make a great point, Pastor. Um, discipleship is key, and I, I know from experience uh, that there is. Very little discipleship going on in the modern black church. Uh, very little. There's a very lot little. of. Say that again,
0: preacher. There's a, <laughs> there,
1: there's very little discipleship. Now there is a lot of modeling going on, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: when I say modeling, because you can pick up the latest technique. You all you got to do is go to a conference and watch these jokers preach and shout, and then you can go back to your home and imitate that. That's modeling, but that's not mm-hmm. mentoring, and that's not discipleship. And right. um, you know, I was blessed to have been discipled. I was discipled by uh, by my home pastor, and he, you know, he did a great job. And several other men mentored and discipled me as I grew in faith. And you know, I never had gender identity struggle, but you know, I did have struggles with the flesh. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> you know, maintaining my body and purity and things of that nature. And every you know, everybody can can identify with that. But I believe, you know, in these small leadership, you know, the small group classes, uh, there's not discipleship. There's not any of that going on. And I know that a lot of men coming to the church that are struggling with gender identity and uh, all these other issues uh, of sexuality, they are feeling left out because all it is is addressing either you look the part of living right or you don't. Am I right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, one of our uh, you know core issues in the black church is that we don't we don't value discipleship, or we call it something, but it's really manipulation. You know,
2: yeah.
0: uh, we use people. We want people to make us look good, but we are not truly discipling them. And in and even so, let's break this down a little bit further. There's a difference between mentoring and discipleship, and That's even true. in discipleship there is general discipleship and specific discipleship. As you said, uh, you didn't have uh, a struggle with your gender identity or, or your sexuality in, in, in a sense of homosexuality, but uh, for those who did, they need specific discipleship in that area. They, you know, that's not to say no one can tell them, listen, you, know, you have to live holy, listen, you have to pray, that, and that's all well and good in terms of general discipleship. But there are some issues that are that are indigenous to homosexuality that only a person who has been there and been delivered out of it can help that person with and so uh, again, this is why we need this type of ministry is because you can't just have a baby and then tell the baby to go feed themselves, tell the baby to go buy their own diapers. you have to walk people through you have to be willing to Uh, be in the trenches with them when they fall and help them to get back up and uh, when they're wrong, help them to repent and show them the right way. You have to be ready to rebuke and encourage and exhort with all long suffering. This is a part of discipleship. And as I say, it can't be ministry with a 10-foot pole mentality. You know, I love you from a distance. You know, I'm praying for you from a distance. Uh, It calls for close-in contact that allows that person to see that you are so concerned about them that you don't even value your own reputation above helping them to be strong.
1: And that is the ministry of Jesus right there, because that's, that's exactly the what he did. Uh, we see with the Samaritan woman, we yes, see sir. with the woman who came with the uh, the the oil, alabaster box oil, and poured it on his feet. Uh, uh, we see him sitting with the publicans and the sinners, all of that. That's exactly what he did. But at the same time, while, you know, the world is fascinated with love, 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 God love, God love, at the same time, he was critical in pointing out hypocrisy. And I think that's what, when we address homosexuality in the church, we're so quick to say, well, everybody in the, you know, the church is full of hypocrites <laughs> and not address, okay, yeah, the church is full of hypocrites but God has redeemed all of the hypocrites.
0: Hmm. Well, you know, one one of the things that's you know to me that becomes almost a straw man argument with people yeah. when when I hear people say that because guess what there are hypocrites on your job but you're not quitting your job exactly. there are hypocrites at the supermarket but you don't stop going to the store what is this thing about the church where we get so tied up in a bundle about hypocrites to the to the point to where we can't function because of hypocrites they're hypocrites everywhere they're hypocrites in our government they're hypocrites in our home you understand what I'm saying and so the enemy always wants to get, get us off track with issues that really don't resolve any problems, you know. And so um, I, I never forget I heard a sermon when I was a young man by Bishop Samuel Green of Virginia, one of the Kojic bishops. He was preaching in our um, jurisdictional meeting, and he said, don't ever let goats and hypocrites take your place in the church. Mm. You know, they can only get it if you give it to them. Absolutely. But we can't – we cannot – um, um, allow that to happen And then we take a back seat And complain about hypocrites When gave, we gave them the place to begin with You know so on this issue of Homosexuality yes there are hypocrites In the church yes there are Homongers in the church yes there are deacons Sleeping with the sisters and Pastors doing but You know Jesus had this unique Way of bringing things back To the individual you know Yes I understand about all of that but what About you And what about your relationship with God? And what are you doing to make sure that when you stand before him, he will say, servant, well done? You know, because the truth of the matter is, is, you know, we can't make or change anything that is beyond our abilities, but we do have full control and full um, uh, partnership with God in terms of changing our own lives. And, uh, And really, isn't that the thing that matters the most is when you stand before God? Not yes, the hypocrite, exactly. not the homonger, not the adulterer. But what about you when you stand before him? I mean, certainly we can't think that we'll stand before God and say, well, you know, Jesus, I would have served you, but there were so many hypocrites in church, I just gave it up and I didn't even care anymore. And, you know, he's certainly not going to say, well, hey, I understand, dude, you know, uh, they did me that way. No, we are still required to live holy. I don't care if the whole world is a hypocrite. It doesn't matter. He requires... A personal commitment from us to live the way he has determined for us to live.
1: All right, I, I, I'm going to skip my break. I had a break schedule, but I'm going to skip this break. I want to get into the meat. You have another website, a blog that you do called the Great the Gay Christian Ministries Watch.
0: Now, Gay Christian Movement Watch.
1: Gay, thank you. <laughs> Great Gay Christian Movement Watch. Now, why is that necessary? Why? Why did? Why did you? Start
0: this blog, and you know what's the purpose of it? Uh, you know, Pastor Neil, I, I will tell you, I generally don't do anything until my back is against the wall on an issue. I'm the type of person that, uh, you know, the kind of like Moses, God, I'm not going back into Egypt. You know, it's just that's. But when God shows you something, He shows you something for a purpose. And when He shows you something for a purpose, He intends for you to do something about it. You know, what that something about it is may not be clear in the beginning, but if you have a heart for the will of God, he will make it clear what he wants you to do. And I begin to observe this particular movement, which uh, I call the gay Christian movement, rising in the church, rising and people applauding these individuals, people saying that these are our brothers and sisters in Christ, that we should accept them, face value. But when I began to examine their doctrine, I found something that was almost like roadkill. Uh, It was putrid doctrine. uh, As the Apostle Paul calls it, doctrines of devils, doctrines Mm. of demons. Wow. Certainly no person who advocates something antithetical to the gospel message and the intent of the gospel message should be accepted as a brother or sister in Christ. They are false brethren, false prophets, false teachers teaching another Jesus, another gospel, and they have another spirit. And so the purpose of my blog was to confront this movement and to equip the church to be aware of false brethren among us. And so it is not... And some people confuse my blog with a place where you're supposed to come and, you know, find Jesus and get love and acceptance. No, it's not. It's a blog that is calling for war, war against those who are, are attempting to pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ.
1: You know, actually, I, I thought the same thing when I first stumbled across your blog. I, I was like, oh, my goodness, this is is this pro-homosexual. And it, the more I read it, I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Uh, this is not – this is far from that. Yes, sir. Your blog has done a, a tremendous job exposing what you call – what you're right in calling doctrine of devils. And uh, uh, the church, the black church in particular – I'm sticking to the black church because that's the only thing I know.
0: <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh,
1: the black church has been overwhelmingly accepting of homosexual behavior both outright in public in, – uh, well, in demonstration and worship. Without condemning it in private. Well, you know, they'll talk about them while condemning it in private, you know, because you you go to any black church, unfortunately, most of them, the worship leaders, and I know from experience the musicians and some of the choir members, they got a little sugar in the tank. (laughs) And the black church has exploited that because, you know, these people produce, you know, these people lead the. Lead the congregation in getting excited and enthused about worship and whatever And the pastor lets it go And next thing you know, you know, they could be living They're living any other way And it's tolerance Now, right. and I, I leave that because uh, um, I read one post It talked about celebration of gospel in BET And, you know, I, I, I have some good acquaintances, great acquaintances Who are in the gospel music industry but uh, a lot of what is going on in gospel music is just horrible, and it reflects the black church. It, gospel music presents the image of what the black church is like. And unfortunately, you know, it seems as if the black church is tolerant of homosexual behavior when it comes to worship. Is that the case?
0: Uh, it is the case as we have presented it on our blog. We have presented it with evidence, not conjecture, not speculation. But we have presented evidence over and over and over again uh, as a witness to what is going on in God's house. Let's take, for example, when Jesus encountered the people uh, who were selling uh, things in the temple at exorbitant rates to the people who could not, who had no other options. And what was his response? It was not to go in and talk about love it was not to go in and sit down and have a cup of tea. He came in angry, and he turned over tables, and he used a whip to whip them out, and he said to them um, that God's house should be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And that same situation goes on with us when we have this uh, very pernicious don't ask, don't tell policy going on in the church, uh, which it only enables and emboldens people into sin, Um, you know, in one instance, the church is saying to people, it's okay to be gay as long as you play our organs and make our choir look good and make us a recording choir and make your pastor famous. But it's not okay to be gay if we can see physical signs of that or you exhibit that. Yes, You know that exactly. That is hypocrisy of the highest order, and I am against it 100%. So I'm not on the side of the gay people. I'm not on the side of the church. I'm on God's side. I'm on the Bible side. We ought to deal with this righteously, and that is one of the things we press and try to uh, emphasize on the blog is that uh, you can deal with homosexuality in a righteous way. The way the Bible says, we don't have to make it be some sort of prior sin, but at the same time, we cannot accept something that God has utterly rejected. He will never accept it. From Genesis to Revelation, it's very clear that this, Uh, that the engaging of sex with the same gender uh, is something that God has utterly rejected, and we ought to do the same. While saying that, we ought not to reject people who need help. At the same time, we need to understand that there are two types of people. There are people who want help and people who don't want help. And that's not just only with homosexuality. That's with all kinds of folks. There are folks who come to church, they smoke uh, 10 packs a day. And they don't want to quit smoking. There are people who come to church, they are smoking, but in their heart, they truly want to give it up. And we have to be able to discern the difference between those two and then take action accordingly, as the scripture has told us. So, again, the mission of GMC Watch is to really educate the church and provide a platform, a place, a forum where we can discuss this issue in a biblical mindset. I just did a post called Thinking Biblically About Homosexuality. We need to change the way we think about it. And, you know, Pastor, I'm going to come at you now. Uh, You know, when we say certain things, it only um, opens, it it keeps the gap wide. For instance, I was at a church uh, not too long ago, and the pastor was preaching a great message about the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, it was an awesome message, an excellent message. Uh, and he went to the first book of, I'm sorry, he went to First Corinthians 6 and 9, and he began to read about uh, the certain uh, people, uh, lifestyles mentioned by the Apostle Paul that would not inherit the kingdom of God.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and he read through them, and when he got to the effeminate, he stopped, and he began to act it out. And he flipped his wrist. And the people laughed. He oh, said, wow. you know what that means. That's those sissy folks. That's them broke wrist people. And I couldn't, for the life of me, I could not understand why in the world would you do that? You know, you didn't make fun of any of the other types of sins exactly. that were listed there. Why did exactly. you do that? You know, and if I was a person sitting there in that audience and I was struggling with that issue, after he made fun of me and then had the nerve to have an altar call, do you think I would have came? No, sir. No. And so we have to excise from our vocabulary these types of things because you, it's not redemptive in any sense of the word. Yeah, and, I, uh, and people are watching and they're listening.
1: I, I read uh, about, uh must have been earlier this year, about a, uh, a homosexual couple that was attending a church and, the pastor had, you know, they, uh, apparently it's, uh, it's, uh, it has some homosexuals in it, but they came to the church and all of a sudden he began to rant against homosexuality knowing that, you know, he had a large uh, portion of his membership that were. And, you know, people started to leave and one couple in particular, uh, you know, they voiced their opinions about that. And the, the, the question was, why would he do that when he knew that he had those in his church? Um, why would a pastor not? A, how can the pastors? How can pastors address the issue of homosexuality, drawing them without condemning them? Okay,
0: uh, and I don't want to be facetious or arrogant, but I would suggest that they come and read Gay Christian Movement Watch. You know, we have covered every, just about every aspect of this issue from various biblical angles and if you don't know there's no sin in not knowing there is a sin in not wanting to know you know and you know uh you know god has given us an anointing to deal with this uh more so than a lot of other people that's i'm not throwing any stones at anybody but it's just like creflo dollar people believe god has given him an anointing for for prosperity uh uh, you know uh, God does give specific anointings in different areas. Uh, and I believe he's given me this anointing to deal with this issue righteously. Some folks don't like it, uh, but that's their problem. Uh, so so I would say to any pastor, first of all, educate yourself. Don't continue on in the same vein as before, because just because you are the pastor. You know, there there are messages and Things that we have gleaned from others, and we placed them on that website. Uh, there was one by I believe John MacArthur, where he simply taught the people. And I and I was remarking, why can't we stop the organs, stop the hooting and the hollering and the howling, stop the cat calls, stop all the tuning up, and simply teach people what God says? You know, why can't we simplify it? Because teaching is really what empowers people to live better, to live God's way, I'm going to say it like that. But we don't have that. We have all of this hoopla when it comes to homosexuality. It's almost like it's, um, as I said in my book, it's almost like, uh, what's that the comedy show on BET? Deaf Comedy Jam. Deaf Comedy Jam. You know, what? Why? why all the jokes? Why all the laughter? And why all the, you know, this is serious. This was life and death for me. Exactly. Homosexuality was something that literally uh, and spiritually was about to take me out forever. Exactly. And when I come to church, I don't want to hear somebody cracking jokes about that.
1: Uh, okay, Pastor, we we have just about a minute left uh, uh, before the show ends. Give out your information. How can people get in touch with you, give the websites and all of that, and then we're going to go out. And I appreciate you for joining again. I appreciate everyone for listening. Pastor, go ahead and give out that information.
0: Yes, and before I do, I want to say thank you, Pastor Neil, for being brave and bold enough to have you on. Uh, my website is witnessfortheworld.org, and all of my phone numbers and uh, email addresses are on that, witnessfortheworld.org.
1: All right. Again, we've been privileged to have online with us on the show today Pastor D.L. Ford of Atlanta, Georgia. And, Pastor, you've really illuminated. I encourage every one of you uh, when you're listening to the show, go visit the the website Witness. Go visit a uh, Gay Christian Movement well, blog site, and I hope you will learn so much. Till next week, God bless you. God keep you. Thank you all for joining us on Zero Today. The Lord bless you and keep you.